0: Hi everybody, my name is Sujin and I'm serving on the editorial board of the Sola Network and I am so excited to be here today with Izzy Koo, who is the author of the book, Finding God, Finding Me. Um, Just a quick bio for Izzy. Izzy is currently a freshman at Pepperdine University studying religion and English and she hopes to pursue youth ministry in the future. She herself was radically impacted by God during those teenage years, specifically in her sophomore year of high school. The passion she gained to spread God's love at that time has led Izzy to write this book and to start a blog, to write music, and most importantly, to strive to be a light to people wherever she goes. So welcome, Izzy. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you.
1: It's so good to be here.
0: Yes, I know, we've been trying to make this work for a while. And I'm so glad that we could finally hop on and get this going. And I'm so excited to have you because it's really not um, common to meet such young people who have a published book under their belt. And so I just want to jump right in and ask you, Izzy, what is it that inspired you to write this book? Like what led you to decide, I'm going to publish a book?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for the introduction, Sujan. I'm so glad that we're finally able to meet like this. Um, But I think what really inspired the book was simply kind of like you said that I had radically met God and my life was Mm -hmm. changed. And I just wanted people to know about it. Um, I think my moment of encountering God um, in my sophomore year of high school, it was such a transformational event for me where through it, I really found everything. I found confidence, identity, passion, purpose, kind of like how I talk about in the book. And ultimately, I think I found myself
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: The interesting thing was that when I returned back to school or my youth group or my volleyball team, I just saw everything differently. Mm -hmm. And I think I saw my friends and I saw my classmates and just people I didn't know. um, And I saw the hopelessness and the insecurity in them that I used to struggle with so much myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think all I wanted to do was tell them my story of how Jesus helped me overcome those things and really bring me to a place of just an indescribable joy and a peace And I wanted to tell them how God had changed me and that he could change them too um, if they just opened their hearts to it. And so it was through that conviction and then the push of my mentor at the time, her name was Pastor Esther, um, that kind of led me and inspired me to write the book. And from there on out, I think it was just a clear prompting from God that this was something that he wanted me to do.
0: That's awesome. I feel like the fact that you, you you, you grew up in the church, right? But that yeah. like you had this radical moment where things became so clear to you. Right. Um, I think a lot of people want that or they're looking for that almost. Um yeah. so can, can I know you talk about in the book, but just for a little preview, can you share a little yeah. bit about um what do you think it was that kind of led you to finally have this eye opening moment?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I think I've thought thought about it a lot. Um Because it's so true that even if you grow up in the church, it doesn't mean that you have this deep relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even know what I was missing um, because I just grew up in the church my whole life. I thought that I had everything. And then it was kind of that moment of encountering. And I realized, wow, like this is the kind of transforming love and power that God can have on a life. Um, But I think when I just look back at my whole story and just my whole life, I think God had to kind of bring me to a point where he stripped everything from me and brought me to a place of complete brokenness and helplessness where I I, I needed him the most because if he had maybe revealed himself to me earlier I think I wouldn't have um, appreciated his love for me as much because I didn't need it as much I was okay mm-hmm. um, more or less um, but kind of taking away like the friend group that I had at the time the church that I had at the time and everything um, kind of went to ground zero I think I came to a place of desperation of realizing I needed God so bad um, and it was through that where I was able to experience his love fully and immensely. And God really captured my heart through that.
0: Yeah. I think it just goes to show that um, even the good things that God has given us in our lives, often they can work against us, right. And and blind us from what truly matters. So what a um, encouragement to hear you say that um, instead of just resenting God in the midst of your losses, the fact that God was able to show you mm-hmm. his love. Um, just praise God for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, so you wrote this book, you were still in high school. I'm sure it was a daunting process. So I'd love to hear from you a little bit about just what that process was like for you as a first time author and just being so young while you're doing it. Was it scary? Was it stressful? What was it like for you?
1: yeah well the fact the or the idea of just writing a book at all was kind of not in the picture ever because i mean that's not an idea i feel like the first comes to your head Mm -hmm. and i'm also perfectionist by nature so i struggled so (laughs) much with writing in high school when it came to like Mm -hmm. essays and just those one-page papers i could not put my thoughts down um, for the life of me Um, but when i started to write this book it was crazy because the writing came so effortlessly for me and it was truly as if god was writing the pages Um, And as I reflect upon it, I think it was because it was the first time where I was passionate about what I was writing about, and I wanted to write about it. Um, And more than that, I think I I needed to write about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I kind of began that um, process and just through praying and just seeking the will and the heart of God, I think God really, it was as if he was sitting right next to me, writing the pages for me. And that's how it felt like um, a process that came so naturally in the face of something that would honestly really be difficult yeah um and then the publishing process that's also supposed to be really hard as well and I I didn't know anything about the publishing process going Mm -hmm. into it um I kind of learned as I went but the publishing process for a first-time author to get published it's less than a one percent chance Mm -hmm. and because you know I had no following or I don't have any fame background and stuff like that the odds are even further against me Mm -hmm. in, in that sense um but I, I just remember a night, it was before my parents even knew that I had wrote a book, but I had the completely com- like finished manuscript in my hands. And then my sisters were in my room and they knew about it. Mm-hmm. And I just held their hands and they they prayed over the book. Wow. Um, and I still have that whiteboard in my room with their um, signatures just saying, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Um, next to that prayer of like, let this book get published, not for the sake of just it being published, but so that God would really be glorified and use this book in the way that he wants to, to reach the people that he wants to. And so when I think about the book being published, I really look back at that moment um, of prayer, because I think that's when th- those seeds are planted, and God really used that um, to allow the whole process to happen. And from there, I think 10 weeks later, um, the publisher reached back reached out to me. Oh, wow. um, they said that they wanted to take a chance on the book. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just fun. It was just a process, like six months of editing, of designing, of creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book was shortly released, 2021 Um wow. is now available.
0: Yeah. I think what just really encourages me hearing you talk about that is the fact that when God calls us to difficult tasks mm-hmm. that we feel unequipped for, Um, I feel like he is so kind and giving us what we need what you know through the spirit helping you write or opening doors to the publisher so that's such an encouragement to all of us that when we feel called to these difficult and weighty tasks we can trust that he really will give us exactly what we need that's awesome Yeah. yeah yeah thank you um, okay, so I want to dive a little bit into just the actual meat of your book. I don't want to spoil too much. I want everyone to go and read the book themselves. But I think there were certain parts of the book that really um, stood out to me just because I've done youth ministry for the last four and a half years of my own life. And so uh, there were things where I just really resonated with um, some of the things you shared. And I thought, what a great way for you to give encouragement to teens right now who may be struggling with these things. So, One thing that really stood out to me is you open in your first chapter by sharing the story of how you felt conflicted and isolated from your friend group because one of the friends in your friend group felt that she could not share openly about her sexuality because she knew you were a Christian and so Mm -hmm. I think this is a really common experience I think there's a lot of Christian teens out there who more and more um, don't know how to handle these situations where they have non-Christian friends who have openly differing beliefs and and it makes them feel isolated if they stand up for what they believe. And so what kind of encouragement um, or advice would you give to teens who may be wrestling with that kind of scenario in their social lives?
1: Yeah, such a good question. I think what I struggled with and did poorly in the past was thinking that I had to bring up the word Christian, bring up the word God, I think everywhere I went without any kind of filter. Mm -hmm. And I thought that by continuing to talk about God and continuing to push forward the idea of Christianity would be what made people accept it. Mm. In the end, what I learned through my experience is that you don't have to verbally say anything about being a Christian to show that you're a Christian and that you love God. And the most powerful thing that you can do in an environment that that tends to shut down verbal expressions of faith is to really show them your love and friendship um, through your kindness and through your selflessness and, and the joy that you come every day with to school and the peace that you have despite... know difficult circumstances that come your way and i would say to just be that loving and welcoming person first because Mm -hmm. i think if you do that then Mm -hmm. you'll see the beauty that god shines through you to your friends and your community that will lead um, them to god without you ever even having to say the word christian and i think the goal is to really be so radical of a person that your friends will want to ask you Mm -hmm. hey like why are you so different right why do you always smile how can you be happy right now um, when those things are going on in your life? Um, So so even when um, you're just surrounded by people and friends who don't know or who don't share your beliefs, I would say to just love them and to be kind and show them through your character about the God that you follow. Mm -hmm. Um, And even through just your kindness, I think those seeds will be planted in their heart.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good word even for grown adults who are not in high school. Yeah, even myself and peers around my age I know it's hard um or even with coworkers, I know um Mm -hmm. there's always that pressure to either have all the right answers and be able to say all the right things um but at the same time um no one feels fully equipped to do that or it's scary to like have to explicitly say all these Christian things and so I think your word is a good one that you know I think kindness is underrated so being Mm -hmm. kind being loving yeah and like building that relationship as a platform Um, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure God definitely opens doors for those explicit conversations to happen Mm -hmm. but definitely it happens on a foundation of relationship that's awesome Mm -hmm. do you Mm -hmm. feel like um you said you know in the past you weren't so good at it so do you feel like you learned that the hard way a little bit like yeah
1: yeah I think I definitely learned it the hard way Um, kind of with those the experience of friends that I talk about in that first chapter of the book Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of that learning experience where I realized I didn't handle that maybe as best as I could have and Mm -hmm. just from there um, having experienced God and um, realizing that there's so much more to um, showing somebody that about the love of God than just saying it Mm -hmm. verbally I think in my experiences after that I really tried to just be that person first Um, that welcomes a new student or goes to sit with that person at lunch who has nobody to sit with and it was through that like just how you said that then those explicit conversations come up Mm -hmm. through those Mm -hmm. windows of opportunity that you create through the foundation of just genuine relationships
0: yeah and it's a challenge I think sometimes we we think that like you know being the best speaker and having all the right answers is the hardest thing but Sometimes the hardest thing is going up to the person that's alone in the lunchroom and sitting with them. That's usually really hard, yeah. So that's a challenge for all of us. Um, Yeah, I think something else that really stuck out to me in your book um, was Mm -hmm. later in the book, you talk about how during the pandemic, during the COVID-19 shutdowns, you Mm -hmm. realize how it's so much easier to feel God when you're surrounded by Christians at church. And um, I think a lot of teenagers during the pandemic felt this, not even teenagers, but just people in general. But I, I notice also with um, even doing youth ministry myself, I think especially teens, um, I think a lot of them felt that disconnect. But even after the shutdowns stopped and even after they came back to church, they never yeah. fully reconnected with other yes. believers or with God. And so I see a lot of people and a lot of students who, just post-COVID are are feeling stuck and feeling yeah. slow and, and dry in from that. And so um what would you say to especially those teens who may be feeling stuck in that? And do you have any like practical help for how someone could ha- try to get out of that?
1: Right. No, that's a really good point because it's so true that I think a lot of us have a community based faith, but don't necessarily have a strong foundation of a private faith. Mm-hmm. Um And I guess to those who feel like they can't experience God without their church or their community or their friends, I would say that first I understand and I've been there um, and what allowed me to have more of a private faith is to do what it says in the Bible. In Matthew 6, it says to go to your room, to close your door and to pray to your father. Hmm. Um, There's just this peace that passes understanding and a warmth just beyond anything that you can describe that occurs. I think when you just, when it's just you and God Mm -hmm. and that one-on-one relationship is so important because if you just hang out with God in these group settings, then you never get to know him on the intimate level that he wants to know you on. And so I would say to push yourself to embrace kind of the bit of awkwardness that comes with the silence of it just being you and Jesus, because it can be a little awkward if it's just you and him in the room, but it's in that silence um, that God will do something that makes that silent room feel so Mm -hmm. full yeah um so feel so filled yeah um for me i thought that you know i i needed people i needed my pastor i needed my friends for me to feel the love of god but in reality um even though we feel like those are the people showing us love it's god working through through those people and it's god that's ultimately surrounding us all the time whether we feel lonely or whether we feel fulfilled he's the one right there and so just to keep that in mind and to know that i think can be really helpful um, for people who are looking for that
0: I think that's really good. And, you know, it reminds me of something I always share with, you know, youth students, college students, whatnot, is that um, we have this skewed view, I think, of relationship with God, where with Mm -hmm. any other relationship in our lives, whether it's friends, significant others, or even family members, if Mm -hmm. that person doesn't try to spend any time with me, I'm not going to feel like there's much of a relationship. Right. But for some reason, when it comes to our relationship with God, we don't have that same mentality where we think that, um, this relationship should just happen and be flourishing with no effort and no time put into it. Um, right. Yeah. And I, I love that you kind of acknowledge that it can be awkward. Yeah, it can be yeah. awkward. And that's normal, I think, for yeah. all of us. And so, just kind of getting through that or even getting through the days where you really don't feel like it, um, I feel like it's worth it because in any relationship,
1: like you need that kind of effort. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool kind of to compare the relationship of God to a relationship with a friend, because honestly, there's so many parallels. Mm -hmm. You need to still reach out to God, get to know him, just like you would get to know a friend through their Instagram or through their social media, get to know God through his word um, and just through spending time with him. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And he's given us so much in his word. He's revealed so much about himself. It's just up to us to to look for it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, so I read the book as Izzy, high schooler, writing the book. But now I'm speaking to Izzy, the college student, right? And college was a long time ago for me. But I remember feeling like college was really different from high school. Um, Mm -hmm. so one question I would love to ask you Izzy is um, now having finished your first semester you're in your second semester of your freshman year at Pepperdine um, if you were to add an epilogue to the end of Mm -hmm. your book um, what would you say in it would you like go back on anything you wrote in high school or would you add to Mm -hmm. it Um, would you say something different I'd love to hear just kind of having this new life experience what you would add to um, the content of your book
1: yeah no that's such a fun question um and honestly I thought that going to college I guess that there would be all these new things that I would learn and, and there has been and there's mm-hmm. been a ton of things but at the end of the day I think the same message holds true even in college um that people are just as broken and just as um <clears throat> empty here that that they as they were in high school and that Jesus is still just as necessary. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest things that that I've learned here Um, Mm -hmm. in college that still following Jesus is the best decision that you can ever make because that's what gives me um, the ability to, I think, have so much joy in college, to have so much peace um, when everything else feels like it's so busy or so stressed out, Mm -hmm. just a certain peace that kind of, um, yeah, I guess transcends understanding that way. But if I were to add an epilogue to my book, I think I would just emphasize that, that in college, it's just like high school. Mm. And after college, I'm sure that it's just like high school as well, in the sense that we just all need Jesus and we still need him. And that going anywhere different doesn't change that um, and probably only magnifies it as you get older and as you have all these different opportunities um, to pursue. Um, But since I do go to Pepperdine, I will plug that. And if you're a high school student, you should go to Pepperdine. Honestly, it's been the best (laughs) couple months of my life. Um, and so yeah I actually recently
0: what... visited Malibu and I am really? thinking how can anyone get any studying done here because it's so beautiful
1: right yeah but honestly I I, I think it's the atmosphere just the yeah. you know the view and everything it kind of also just reminds you of God as you're wow. studying so it's the extra extra push of motivation sometimes when you need it as well
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean I love what you said because that's very true in some ways life is the same but i will say it's the same with just more distractions (laughs) more um like temptations to look to the world besides god and i think in some ways um even as i'm listening to you i feel humbled and i feel challenged because Mm -hmm. it can be easy for someone like myself to say oh, like mm-hmm. things were so easy in high school or things were so easy in college. And, you know, um, yeah. it's so different now. But when I think, I think you're right. I think actually it's the same. And I it's, it's just, I've dealt with the same kind of struggles, same idols in my life, but they've just become morphed and magnified. And in right. a way, I need to have the same realizations that you had in high school
1: and you are still having in college. Right. Yeah. And I think when I first wrote the book, it was just kind of for middle school and high school was mm-hmm. kind of the audience that I had in mind. But after um releasing it and just kind of seeing how it's impacted people, I realized that the audience is actually a lot broader. Mm-hmm. And it's in reality, it's for parents too, who need to be mm-hmm. encouraged by the younger generation's faith. Um, It's for middle schoolers who want to hear a cool story about how a kid like them encountered Jesus or for high schoolers figuring out their faith for themselves. But it's also for college students who need to be reminded and convicted and challenged amidst everything going on in their lives and kind of everyone in between who just needs encouragement because if there's one thing I've learned it's that no matter what age you you are God is the same God who meets us yeah yeah. you should
0: write like a finding God finding me part two like 10 years (laughs) later and like what are the things that you think are still the same and I think um yeah yeah. People need to hear that. I think people, and I, and I think the, ch- I think this challenge sometimes is, um, and yeah. I don't know if you've encountered this, um, but yeah. I think sometimes people can look at like fired up young people and think like, mm. Oh, that's just because they're young. Right. Like that's not going to last. Right. And so yeah. I think to push against that, like I would love to hear from you or read from you like five, yeah. 10 years on the line that no, like you still have this passion for God because at the end of the day, like God is the one sustaining that in your life. Right. And I don't yeah. know, have you felt any of that? Like people kind mm-hmm. of, you know, perceiving your passion just because you're young.
1: Yeah. No, I'm sure a lot of people think that too, yeah. but I've seen so many older people that have so, so much more faith than me too. Mm-hmm. And who are just as on fire. Um, mm-hmm. Recently I went to this youth retreat and there was this um, speaker there and he was like in his mid thirties, kind of older, I guess, than me. Um, <laughs> But when I tell you, he was jumping up and down during the worship mm. songs, not even during the quote unquote hype worship songs, but just mm. the slow ones, just because that's how much he loves God. And he said something that was really profound that um, uh, if you change you know, your faith as you get older, that means you've compromised somewhere along the way. Mm. Um, and I think that stuck with me because I don't want to compromise my faith. Even as I get older, it should only increase just as a relationship with a friend would increase as mm. you get older. Your love for God should also increase. Yeah. yeah and
0: i think it just goes to show why jesus um lauded childlike faith right yeah. and that's that's what it means right it's like you don't mm-hmm. overcomplicate and you don't um compromise along the way for the shiny things of the world around you um but right. you hold true to like what's pure and true no, yeah yeah uh, mm. I hope we are all gonna grow old and jumping up and down <laughs> praising yeah. the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, so, just to like kind of start wrapping up our conversation, um, your book is really about you sharing. It's a testimony, right? Like it's a story about how God met you at this particular time in your life, and how that really changed you and how you want to share that with people. And so it's really you sharing your story. And I think that's such a big encouragement to me because I think Mm -hmm. um, it's not a natural thing. And I think specifically within like the Asian American context, it's not, it's not a natural thing to share your story. I feel like in the Asian cultures, it's not very common. You're told to kind of, you know, keep to yourself. Um, I think it, speaking out is um, not as common. And so how would you encourage um, other youth to Mm. be more open and bold and um, confident about sharing their stories? And I think especially uh, Asian American students, how would you um, encourage them to like have a voice and share their story?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's so good that you bring up the Asian American side of it because it's it's such a reality. And um, growing up in the Asian American church and now experiencing more multi-ethnic churches and and stuff like that too. Um, There is such a difference and there's definitely um, a sense of more timidness and reservedness, I think, when it comes to the Asian American church. Um, But but we all have such good stories to share and we need to share them um, at the same time. And so I guess my encouragement would be if you're kind of scared or um, have fear in sharing your story to first share it with your best friend. I Mm -hmm. think it happens over the coffee table, over the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And I think we limit um, our view of sharing testimonies to be in front of an open mic um, session at the end of a retreat or something you have planned that you have to speak for 15 minutes um, Mm -hmm. about something. But it really is not all of that, Um, but it really is just asking your friend out to coffee and just sharing your story with them casually because, and I would actually argue that that is the most powerful way to do it because Mm -hmm. something special happens um, when a friend hears the powerful story of their friend, who are they who they are so close to and who they trust, and it's in those moments where they then start to believe that the same power that changed their friend can also change them too.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I think that's where the real magic happens. Um, I have friends who also, after doing that, they started a blog. So then they would just, you know, they post on it every couple of weeks, um, just thoughts that they have or convictions that they feel like God has put on their heart mm-hmm. um, or to post on their Instagram um, stories feeling the confidence to finally i think there's so much fear too in social media and mm-hmm. kind of vocalizing your faith through there um but i think those are just some of the things i've learned some of the methods that yeah. my friends have that as well
0: and yeah. i love the idea of like um starting with your friend because you're starting with someone you feel safe sharing with and yeah. that's kind of like how you build the courage to share with more and more people yeah. right yeah. One thing I would add to that is um, I think sometimes the fear comes out of just lack of experience of actually articulating what we think or feel in regards mm-hmm. to our faith. So yeah. um, one thing I would add is if just start with journaling, sharing yeah. with just you and God, right. just you and your journal, because that'll help right. you put words to the things that you're thinking. And then you'll be able to verbalize to your friend over coffee. And then maybe your right. Instagram, yeah, yeah.
1: No, the journaling thing is so good. That's how the book process started too—a process of just journaling because mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a book from the very beginning. That wasn't the goal. Mm-hmm. But um, my mentor at the time just said, "You have so many thoughts, just journal some of them down." Yeah. And I think journaling those thoughts—that's um, when God really spoke to me and kind of put put together all the pieces and connected mm-hmm. everything in mm-hmm. my mind so that I could share it. Yeah. Them.
0: I used to journal so much and especially in college um, and I still have all of them. And sometimes I'll just go back and read through like, what were my thought processes at this time at these like pivotal moments in my life. And it's always really helpful. I don't think my journaling was profound enough to get into a book like yours, (laughs) but (laughs) it's always been helpful for me. Yeah. So that's a, that's definitely like a encouragement to others. Yeah. Yeah. So Izzy, um, as we're closing out, how could we, um, the listeners and the viewers here at Sola, how could we be praying for you, um, and your campus? Like, um, what are some of the things that, um, you know, I think college campus is, yeah, it's a beautiful place, but it's also a really difficult place to be a Christian in in these days. Right. Um, and so, I'm sure there are challenges there, um, but also encouragement. So how can we be praying for you and how can we be praying for Pepperdine?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think a lot of people think Pepperdine is a Christian school. So I think the general consensus would be, you know, that we have so much more faith than Mm -hmm. other schools. But in reality, it's not always like that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe just a prayer for the campus uh to be able to take advantage of the faith opportunities at the school because it does such a good job of cultivating that environment if you take um yeah. advantage of it um so yeah just and just praying oh i don't know i have such a heart for just youth and teenagers mm-hmm. because it's such a pivotal point um in our lives and it's at that it's at this point where we have so many options to go down and jesus is usually just one of them mm-hmm. um but just to know that that is the best option that you can, can take at the end of the end of the day. And then I guess a prayer for myself would be that I'll be able to show people that kind of through that kindness that we were talking about earlier, being the light on the campus that is able to um, lead people to him, I guess would be my prayer as well. Yeah. Thank you. Um,
0: well, I personally have been so encouraged by our conversation and I can't wait for others to hear from you. Um, and as someone who's been doing youth ministry and um, even as, um, you know, someone who's been doing ministry uh, as a Asian female, I'm so encouraged to just hear from you because it gives me a lot of hope for the future. It gives me a lot of hope that there are young women like you who want to do ministry, who want to do youth ministry, the tough work of youth ministry um, and the way that you can articulate your faith and be so bold about it. It gives me so much hope and so much encouragement. So even just personally for me, I want to thank you for this time, Izzy. Um, And to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Um, If you haven't, please go get a copy of Izzy's book, Finding God, Finding Me. Um, uh, She did not ask me to endorse her book, but I wanted to endorse it. Um, I guarantee you will be encouraged. Um, And please be praying for Izzy um, and her future ministry and even her time at Pepperdine. So thank Mm -hmm. you all for tuning in. And thank you, Izzy. Uh,
1: Thank you.